Elliot, it's such an amazing time of year. I mean, how could anybody not be excited to hear the crack of the bat again? Well, you're talking about the start of baseball season, huh? No, the season finale of The Walking Dead. The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. They bought their tickets. They knew what they were getting into. I say, let them crash. Geek Counter Geek with Keith Conrad and Elliot Serrano. Geek Counter Geek Number 86, Keith Conrad here, Elliot Serrano there, at Keith R. Conrad on Twitter, at Elliot Serrano on Twitter, at Geek Counter Geek uh, on Twitter, Geek Counter Geek on Facebook, Geek Counter Geek at gmail.com. I think that's everything. And the Google Buzz page. Oh, no, no one uses Google Buzz. The Google <laughs> Buzz is still a thing. Is, uh, who uses, uh, who, which website gets uh, more use these days, uh, Google Buzz or MySpace? Ooh, that's a good one. I'm going to tell you right now, the reason MySpace crapped out like it did, because <clears throat> they took away the really cool video and music player. The moment they took out the video and music player, people just stopped using MySpace. I remember loving my MySpace page because I could put, you know, you could like set a video or a music, uh, something as your theme song. Oh, yeah. People just yeah. on your page. And it was the coolest thing. And then for some reason, they decided to get rid of it. And, I mean, right now, the only folks who do use um, MySpace pages, as they say, are musicians and tattoo artists. Those are the only ones. But beyond that, everyone else has moved on. And I'm, you know, still waiting for that next thing that comes after Facebook. Well, I think that, uh, you know, the reason Facebook really caught fire is it had a lot of the same things as MySpace, except it was it was a lot less work. You know, like MySpace, you actually, you could create like a, a style sheet for your page and everything. And, and if you didn't, you were, you were kind of lame. So, uh, you know, you felt like some pressure to do that. And, you know, you had to, you had to change it up every, uh, every few weeks or a couple months, depending on how active you were. And, uh, you know, Facebook, you're, you're, everybody's page is, is kind of the same other than the info. And, uh, you know, you're more focused on uh, liking everybody's uh, pictures of their lunch or their kids or um, you know the uh, the uh, the the link to the Breitbart article that they like, or or whatever. All I know is I'm sick of seeing everybody else's relationship status. All right, just enough. I I don't want to hear how happy you are. God damn it. That's the spirit. That, that, that's that's pretty much where I am on on Facebook too. I, I'm glad, like you know, it, that that used to actually like pop up in your feed. Oh, you know, so and so is in a relationship. And uh, it, it it doesn't tend to do that as much. Either that, or right. I, literally everybody I know other than me is married. So like it's just stopped for for everybody in my friends feed. That's entirely possible too. Well, I mean it's kind of annoying because in the in the past, remember Facebook, we just saw you. Oh, so and so got married, or so and so got engaged. Now it's so and so and so and so are in a relationship. So and so and so and so had a coffee together. So and so and so and so nuzzled. You know, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Don't hear it. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's just I know too much about all the people around me. But anyway, 
but MySpace is telling you it, it, it was the thing, and then they they had a good thing and they ruined it. I think the the only thing that's keeping Facebook going right now is that there are so many people on the platform now. You know, we're talking about like 1.5 billion people now use Facebook. Yeah, is a considerable amount of the world's population. Boom, and grandmas are finally using it. And oh dear God, help me. My mom has learned how to direct message me on Facebook. Oh, it's it's all over now. It's all over now. So we were talking a little bit about the uh, the season finale of uh, of The Walking Dead in the open there, and um, you know now I, you know as is usually the case, I, I find when we're talking about uh, things that are based on comic books, I you know I I was not even aware of the. The Walking Dead, uh, you know, graphic novel until the the show started, and then uh, you know it was just another one of these shows slash movies that's based on a graphic novel. Um, but uh, but I, I'm aware enough of, of things to know sort of the direction the show is going to go, assuming it it follows the course of the graphic novel. Um, yeah, I'm kind of over Negan. People like him too much. You know, it's it's if you read the comic books, um, um, and and there's a thing I, I will say this. I am going to kind of like qualify my opinion on this because uh, on the one hand, um, you got to give Robert Kirkman props for pretty much capturing lightning in a bottle. You know, The Walking Dead has become this phenomenon that no one saw coming. Um, even folks who were involved in the creation of the zombie um, genre, like George Romero, right? Even he's sort of like over the whole zombie thing at this point. He looks at things like The Walking Dead, and he's going, oh, geez, come on already. <laughs> but Robert Kirkman, you know, that, that comic book has been around for a while. It's been around for about 10 years now. And there are a lot of folks who got into it. And... Um, when they decided to make it into a, uh, when AMC decided to make it into what started off as a limited series, you know, t television series, and then turned into a regular series, um, you know, he, they, you know, boom, another more lightning in the bottle. You had Frank Darabont there in the beginning. I'm convinced if Frank Darabont isn't involved with those first two seasons of Walking Dead, it doesn't take off like it does. Yeah. Um, because he was instrumental in making it work, in my opinion. Because there are things that happen in the comic book. For those who read the comics, there are things that happen in the comic book that they kind of tweaked for the show. There are characters in the comic that um, uh, either, you know, they met their different sorts of fates within the television series. The television series has changed a lot of things. There are characters in the television series that don't exist in the comics. Like Daryl, for instance. Daryl does not <laughs> exist in the comics. And uh, Daryl pretty much made the show. Yeah, I'm telling you. They always talk about, well, we want to make it seem like any character is in jeopardy. No, we all know that's not going to happen. We all know Rick's not going to die. We know Carl's not going to die. And we know that Daryl's not going to die. Because as the saying goes, if Daryl dies, we riot. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, There's only one character that has... Uh, you know that has uh, generated memes like that, and and it's yeah. not even a meme that you created, which is the most amazing thing. I have another meme. My uh, my uh, if uh, 
you go blackula, you can't go bacula. I did that one, and that one seems it took off. Not not to the the same uh, the same um, uh, effect as my Superman meme. But anyway. By so, by the way, I made that joke to uh, somebody just today. So somebody who's actually a Trump supporter, and even he thought it was funny. Wow. All right. Well, let's see. Any bridge can be any bridge can be crossed. Bringing t- bringing people together. Bringing people together with slightly racist jokes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so in the comic book, the character of Negan, it was kind of the follow-up to the character of the governor. Now, a lot of folks will remember the governor on the television show. Um, you know, when, when the governor came to the television show, people were like, oh, wow, this is going to be awesome. The governor is like the greatest villain, you know. In, in oh, the yeah, this is, like a, this is like a huge reveal when he showed up for the first time because they didn't quite, you know, it was kind of ambiguous as to who it was. And they're like, oh, I bet this is the governor. This is going to be the best. Yep. And it, they did. You know, David Morrissey did a great job with that character. And... You know, they kind of cracked the bed with him then, you know. I mean, after the way they they, they kind of, yeah, if you ask me, they underused him, you know, to an, to an extent. Yeah, because he, he, was, he was basically just kind of crazy until the very end when he just starts, like, mowing down his own people. And you're like, what, 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 what the hell are you doing yeah, here? Made no sense. Yeah, yeah. it was just stupid. Um, and then um, after that, in the comics... You know, Kirkman decides to create the Negan character, and people will say, well, you know, he's not quite the governor. This character's not quite the governor. And you can tell with the television series, they want to make Negan the next governor, you know, the next big bad, the next really popular character. Well, yeah, except they they keep going out of their way to, like, up the the evilness with Negan. And and maybe they did in the the comic books, too. But it's, you know, you, you... like, like you just said, oh, he's the next governor. It's like they're they're trying to make sure they're just trying to beat you over the head, no pun intended, uh, with the fact that he's more evil than the governor. Like you thought the governor was evil, that guy looks like Pope Francis compared to uh, compared to Negan. To Negan, and then this guy is like you know, they they pick an actor who is um, quite popular within geek culture, um, who's been known to play. Both the comedian in the <clears throat> the Watchmen movie, as well as Bruce Wayne's dad in um, Batman versus Superman, and uh, you know, so that that seems to be the direction that they're trying to do with this character. But I'm gonna tell you right now, um, I'm like you, I, I as 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 over him as I was in the comic books for the brief exposure I had to him, even more so in the television show. And I'm just really bothered, really, really bothered by how this character is really glorified as much as he is, and that you have people who want their own um, replica. What's this bat called? Lucille? Yeah, that's Lucille. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, Which, know, isn't, that, isn't that B.B. King's guitar? Yes. Come on. Come, on, come up with a different name than that. Really? Um, which is really just a ripoff of... Uh, Terry Funk and Mick Foley's uh, barbed wire wrapped bat from their Japan Pro Wrestling days. So, <laughs> you know, which uh, um, um, Dean Ambrose used in the WrestleMania last year. So, you know, I'd like to see a little exchange there. Actually, <laughs> Dean Ambrose's uh, uh, baseball bat looked a little more lethal than Lucille does. Lucille looks too neat. 
you know, for a yeah, baseball especially bat. when you consider the fact that it's supposed to have, uh, you know, like, like in the initial stages of the zombie apocalypse, Negan is supposed to have, you know, survived by making uh, good use of Lucille. Uh, Lucille's in just a little bit too good a shape. Yeah, I mean that thing, you know. You beat enough skulls with it. It should, you know, take what, a beating. It should what, look like it took a beating. Well, well, geez, you know, a major league baseball player, they they'll use a bat for, you know, maybe a week, and then it and then it breaks. So if you're actually smashing zombie skulls with it, it seems like it would break a lot quicker than that. You'd think. Although, are zombie skulls a little bit, what, softer than? Like, aren't they like soft boiled eggs? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Is he this for them to like punch them and, you know, bust them open? I, I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm, I'm going to bring up a, a potentially controversial sub- subject here. I think Lucille is corked, personally. Oh, that's why uh, that's why uh, Negan gets that uh, extra distance. Yeah. Swing. Yeah. I'm thinking that's what's going on. <laughs> But, but you know you're right, and I wonder if if Negan is sort of like the uh, the end result of you know the obsession these days with uh, uh, with antiheroes on TV and, and and movies too. You know, back yeah. in my day, the good guys were George Bailey and in, in It's Wonderful Life. Now everybody's you know, got to be evil. You know, you're, 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 you're here, you're 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 that is the worst Jimmy Stewart you're ever going to hear. <laughs> but, yeah, but you're right. And here's the thing. I, I really, to me, and, and I've been on this rant before and I've talked about it. You know, I've stopped watching The Walking Dead. I have my fellow comic book nerds get on me saying, what's wrong with you? You know, you know, this is what happens in the comic book. You know, that's, it's based on a comic book. So you should watch it. And, you know, I don't. Um, I don't care for my nihilistic, you know, my entertainment to be nihilistic. I don't care for my entertainment to depress me. Yeah, we get enough of that in the news. Yeah, really. Hence, Rogue One, not my favorite Star Wars movie right now. I hate to say it. Um, You know, uh, 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 this glorification that, you know, of of, of these, yeah, you're right, the anti-hero, but there's not a whole lot of comeuppance for these particular characters. And, um, yeah, it's essentially just being an asshole, you know? It seems like everything Walking Dead says, the assholes will inherit the earth, you know? If you're a good person, you put yourself out there, you try to help people, you're going to die. You're going to get, you're going to end up getting screwed in the end. And I don't really care for that type of theme in my entertainment. And then, and then glorifying these types of characters, I don't really care for. I don't care for kids wanting to dress up like Negan. It's like I don't really care for kids wanting to dress up like Freddy Krueger. Or, you know, any, you know, geez, think about a, a kid dressing up like Kylo Ren. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, Kylo Ren, telling you, that, that's a, there's a whole thing about the whole the Kylo Ren bit where, you know, when the first time you meet him, he's pretty much ordering the death of a whole bunch of innocent civilians, you know. Well, Okay. Maybe not so innocent. I mean, they were, you know, shooting at him earlier. <laughs> well, that that is a that is a valid point. Some of them uh, they did shoot first. There's uh, they did there's shoot first. You know, I don't know what'll happen in the special edition of the Force Awakens, but they did shoot first. And you know, and then like Freddy Krueger, the whole bit with Freddy Krueger. He the reason Freddy Krueger even was killed by the the fa- the parents on Elm Street in the neighborhood is because he was a child molester. Hence. 
they burned him alive. Yeah, it wasn't like, you know, especially in some, uh, you know, some horror movies, like, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, you'll, you'll have sort of a, a Freddy Krueger uh, character, and, um, uh, you know, he's misunderstood in some way, and, you know, he ends up, he ends up getting, you know, you know, he he ends up getting you know targeted by the uh, by the villagers with the pitchforks and torches just because they don't understand him. And then you know after after that he he becomes uh, he or she you know let's 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 not narrow it here he or she uh, becomes the villain. And uh, in Freddy Krueger's case, he kind of earned you know that was his comeuppance. Yeah, it was. I mean, you have you have okay the Friday the Thirteenth movies Jason Voorhees. Um, he's this, you know, indomitable force of nature, but it wasn't that he wronged anyone. It was that he was wronged, you know, as a child, he he dies because the, the, the teen camp counselors are negligent or cruel or whatever. And that's why they end up dying. And he's like, that's that spirit of vengeance that comes back, you know? He's that form of come up and same thing with the Mike Myers in the Halloween movies. Yeah. You would say like that, the sort of the misunderstood creature, but it's like, again, a force of nature that you can't control who comes back and, you know, is seeking revenge, you know, the countless revenge. I mean, when you really think about it, there's really no difference between um, Mike Myers and Jason Voorhees, let's say Frank Castle, the Punisher, you know, some extent, maybe even Batman. That's true. You know, uh, you know, Superman... You know, there, there's pretty much uh, there's pretty much no way you could reasonably look at at Superman as uh, as the bad guy, but you know there is a case to be made that you know Batman he's a he's just a vigilante he's he's going uh, going around skirting the law himself. So yeah, you know there 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 is a story to be told where he is the bad guy. Right. Well, movie Batman. Right. Yeah. Movie Batman. Because movie Batman has no problem killing people. Whereas comic book Batman, you know, tries like the Dickens to avoid killing people. Same goes with um, uh, movie Superman. The comic book Superman won't take a life and goes out of his way to keep people from getting hurt in his, um, you know, when he's fighting or whatever. Whereas television, I mean, movie Superman is like this pretty much sociopath who doesn't really care about anyone except people named Martha. Yeah, even the uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. So he cares about Batman's uh, late mom too, for for some reason. Uh, uh, and, and you know that that's true even in the uh, Christopher Reeve movies because you know there's a lot of a uh, lot of uh, you know when, when he throws General Zod into a building, you know I'm sure some people got uh, you know severely injured or killed. Yeah, although there was that scene where. He like after he gets hit by the bus, he gets up and he realizes the the you know the the damage he's doing to the people around him. So he flies away, you know, to draw the Phantom Zone criminals away. And you know, people thought he was a coward, but no, he was trying to help people. No, he was being a hero. Being a hero is what you're supposed to do. That's the kind of thing I like to see kids dress up as heroes. I'm not. I, I get. I get. I get the sads when I see a little kid putting on a black leather jacket and. It's a baseball bat wrapped in faux barbed wire. Or, or, if, he's, or if he's got uh, really horrible parents, uh, real barbed wire. Real barbed wire. 
hey, real barbed wire is expensive. So, <laughs> that's hey, that's kudos, true. Kudos for the budget, at least. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, little kids dressing up as things, uh, there's a brand new uh, trailer for Spider-Man Homecoming. And, uh, you know, I, I was watching it today and... Um, you know, I, I realized that if uh, if Robert Downey Jr. wasn't into playing, uh, you know, Iron Man, and it actually wasn't for the first time a part of the whole, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe in a way that, you know, previous Spider-Man movies weren't, I, I don't think I would I would care at all. Well, it's funny. I mean, uh, there, there, there are two responses I have to that. My first response is... What did you feel about the Justice League trailer that they released over the weekend? I, you know, I was honestly also kind of mad about that one too. Right, man. Yeah. Which is, I to me, I was going, okay, Justice League trailer. You know, I, I get told a lot that I just hate on the DC movies, right? I mean, I'm just, I'm just really not a fan. So far, I've yet to see one that has really scored with me. You know, Suicide Squad came close came really close there in the beginning and then by the third act it lost any goodwill it, it built up with me you know too many dumb things started happening too many coincidences started happening and then I and then the Amanda Waller character revealed herself to have absolutely no moral anything any moral integrity right. and I was like pretty much I don't care about you you know I hope you die yeah. fine I, I I was having a conversation with a, a friend uh, a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about the the new Ghostbusters movie and I, I said uh, something that I, I may have even said on, on here once and that's uh, you know my oldest niece is the same age when the new boat Ghostbusters came out that I was when the original Ghostbusters came out and in the same way that uh, you know I I know that uh, the Star Wars prequels did a lot better with people that were a lot younger than they did with people who were sort of grizzled Star Wars veterans. And, um, you know, I wonder if, um, if you know, as, as my uh, oldest niece is growing up, if she is actually going to be somebody that the new Ghostbusters is going to resonate with a lot more than, than it did somebody like me. And it's sort of the same thing where I wonder if, you know... Spider-Man is sort of something that you you have to sort of get hooked on when you're Peter Parker's age, and um, you know that was that was almost the case for me when the to first Tobey Maguire movie came out. I was even you know I was even in college then, so I was probably you know a little bit older than the target audience for that. But I wonder if at this point I'm just you know I I don't want to see angsty teen uh, Peter Parker, uh, you know, being an angry teen. I, I want to see uh, sarcastic, uh, you know, Tony Stark instead. Yeah, I get you. I mean, it's funny, too, because the whole thing, one of the biggest criticisms of all the Spider-Man movies was that they'd spent all this time establishing Peter Parker in high school, but then the moment, boom, the origin's over, he's out of high school. And so much of, pre, you know, Spider-Man's early days were just that. The, the trials of being a teenager, being in high school trying to figure out who you are and also being a superhero so we'll see you know i mean you would think i'm, I'm thinking with the popularity of let's say harry potter right oh yeah that was a little same, popular so yeah right yeah same thing kid essentially going to school high school i mean hogwarts was what like 
you're going how old was harry he was kind of like going through high school maybe pre-college yeah i think he was supposed to be 10 at the beginning wasn't he i think maybe yeah and then by the by the time he's done he's going to be you know going into whatever and then so fine so then you you it we can tell that even older folks are willing to see a hero go through their formative years quote unquote in school right i mean hell how many years was saved by the bell on right that's true and they were like 30 at the beginning Right. So, so it, it, that if they do that, if they follow that route with the Spider-Man character now, as they've established, they're, they seem to be establishing him again. You know, I think they're going to be addressing that. The other thing too, though, being and to the point where you're saying about well, seeing you know Iron Man in there. From every teaser trailer to this one, they've really been pushing the whole. Spider-Man is part of the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe again, which is something he never was before. So being able to see, you know, these other heroes appear, it's like they're doing the whole, okay, guys, guess what? He's back. Yes, Iron Man's going to be in there. Oh, by the way, if you weren't sure, Iron Man's in it. Oh, no, wait, you, you weren't, um, did, you didn't get this part? Okay, yes, Robert Downey Jr. is in it. Oh, yeah, he will be as Tony Stark and as Iron Man. You're not sure? Okay, look, we're going to show you <laughs> a scene where he's with Tony Stark and Iron Man, you know? So, um, eh, we'll see. I think ultimately, and I went, when I saw the trailer, um, in my own head, I was like, see, this is how you do a trailer for a superhero movie. This kind of tells me something, tells me a lot about the characters, you know, there's, and, and even has a real sense of humor about it, whereas the Justice League uh, trailer was all dark and grim, and you know you have two jokes. It's one bit with with um, Barry Allen, who again they are turning him into the Peter Parker of the DC universe. He's nothing like that in cartoons, folks. All right, Barry Allen in the cartoons is a police scientist. Okay, he works for the Central City Police Department. He's a brilliant scientist. Okay, so if you're a police officer, that means you went to the police academy, means you've graduated from college. It means you're very competent and very smart and all those things, right? I love those movies, by the way. All right, right. So then, so then they've turned him into like a lonely teenage speedster, which, okay, fine. (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's also entirely possible that, uh, you know, when, when you think about it, uh, it's been 15 years since the, uh, since the first Spider-Man, and we're on our now third iteration of it. So, yeah, you know, I, I may just be su- Sp- Spider-Man'd out. That, that it may just be yeah, it. The, I can get that. I think what, uh, what kind of is frustrating folks, too, is again that whole constantly rebooting the franchise with a new guy over and over and over again i always said they should do the batman movies and the spider-man movies and all these movies that you're going to keep going even if you're going to switch actors you do them like james bond movies you know they went from sean connery to george lazenby did they restart the series over again no but they went from lazenby to um, um 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 roger moore did they decide they had to redo it all over again no you know, Roger Moore to Timothy Dalton kept going. Yeah, I mean, the the only time that they really rebooted it was when they, you know, like when they essentially really changed the tone of the movies because, you know, uh, you know, I, I think that the, you know, that, that it's not out of line to say that the, you know, the older sort of 
Roger Moore, Sean Connery era James Bond movies were more either intentionally or unintentionally silly. Not not to the yeah yeah not to the not to the you know Batman TV series extent, but you know they 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 were definitely more campy than than you know the current version of James Bond. Well, well, you look at the early Roger Moore. Okay, even okay. So you look at the early Sean Connery Bonds. They play it very straight, and kind of near the end there, they start becoming a little bit tongue in cheek. Especially when you look at Never Say Never Again. You know, when Sean Connery comes back to do Bond one more time, then Roger Moore. I mean, Live and Let Die is the probably one of the greatest Bond movies because it plays it so straight. Is Sean Connery doing more? Uh, I'm sorry, more doing Bond straight, and it also has the best theme song out of all the series, right? But then near the end, by the time you get to Moonraker, okay, <laughs> <laughs> we're not taking ourselves seriously anymore at that point. Um, and then you get to uh, 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 Daniel Craig, right? Right. And even at the end there, with um, 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 Spectre. And I forgot the one that came right before that. Um, you know, they decided. Well, we're playing. We're playing. Um, it's the gritty James version. Bond. Yeah. Yeah. He go. He's being really gritty. We got to bring in some humor into this thing. I mean, come on. Spectre had Bond making puns and stuff. Okay. <laughs> and they, so even they were going okay. That, that was yeah. When John, when uh, when Bond said, uh, "Don't choke on your aspirations, director." I, I thought that was completely over the top. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite bits from uh, from uh, uh, the uh, how it should have ended is they do a bit with um, Rogue One. I don't know if you've seen this, and it's that scene where Vader goes, yeah, goes to Credit, you know, don't check your aspirations, and then Credit goes, <coughs> "Are you making a dad joke?" <laughs> <laughs> and Vader goes, "What? Yeah, you're, it's yeah. like a joke a yeah. father would make." Wait, you're saying I'm a father? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hey, so the, with the Bond movies, you know, they did that whole bit. Although the thing with when they when they rebooted Bond with Daniel Craig, they made the mistake of carrying Judy Dench over from the Pierce Brosnan era, and then keeping her as M. So you're wait, oh god, wait, this is the is this the same Bond? This makes hold on, I'm confused right now. It, so, it would be a little uh, like having, uh, uh, you know. Having uh, having uh, Nichelle Nichols come back to play Uhura in the in the Star Trek reboot, it's like what? Right. what? She's, be like, Wait, huh? she's a little old here. What? Hold on. I'm... Okay, whatever. It's like, Anywho, she she's she's in the Academy, really. Yeah. So you can see, you know, talking back to the whole bit about who they're appealing to. I mean, James Bond, in the way too, James Bond is one of those characters that has always really appealed to a much older demographic. I mean, let's be honest. Whenever a new Bond movie comes out, you do not see James Bond serial. Okay. You do not. No, that's that's no, very true. You, know, you don't see like you don't see like double O's seven. Although you know? that would be spectacular. <laughs> you know, little crunchy O's. Eat these and you'll uh, feel like you have a license to kill. And maybe a few Q's thrown in there. A Q's, there you go. Oh yeah, yeah there you go, Q's. You know? O's, sevens, and Q's. On Her Majesty's Serial Service. Oh, I like that. Yeah. You like that? Like that? Yeah. Yeah. We, we, 
We, we, we, we, we've yeah. got some got some marketing stuff here for you. Call us. Yeah, we know you people listen. Yeah. <laughs> but so that that skewed you. But Spider Man um, does skew younger. I mean, and you're gonna have this is gonna be the thing because I think after Logan and after Deadpool, right? Two R-rated superhero movies that people insisted on bringing their kids to, right? <laughs> and then complained about it afterwards. They complained about it, right? They're finally going to say, okay, look, we got a new Spider-Man movie. The whole family can go to it, and then it'll be golden. Mind you, it'll come out, let's see, Guardians of the Galaxy comes out in May on my birthday, of all things. Thank you, Marvel. Every Marvel always releases a movie on my birthday. Yeah, I... I I can't see how that's not planned. It is. I mean, oh, boom, put it there. And then uh, then uh, in July will be Spider-Man. So, you know, it, you're going to see that it's going to skew towards, skew younger. I'm curious to see what the box office on that is going to be, um, especially yeah. because it's the first um, Spider-Man movie with uh, Marvel, the Marvel, real Marvel Studios involvement and probably being the kind of Spider-Man that people say they've been waiting for for forever. Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing that uh, appeals to all demographics, Elliot, are uh, headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio. You know, they, they have uh, features like uh, eight styles and colors, mic'd, non-mic'd versions, you know, in case you want to do some, uh, some gaming with them. They're designed to sound great for uh, music and talk, so whether you're uh, listening to the soundtrack from uh, Spider-Man Homecoming or Geek Counter Geek, they're going to sound great. They have a noise-reducing uh, design, so you can uh, take them on an airplane, and, uh, and it'll, it'll, uh, it'll work for you. Uh, they have a limited lifetime warranty. Uh, visit tweakedaudio.com, and if you use the discount code GCG at checkout, you get 33% off and free worldwide shipping anywhere in the world. China, anywhere. Uh, the code is Metropolis. not... Metropolis. Metropolis, uh, Center City, any, anywhere. Uh, Gotham City. Yeah, the uh, the code is not sen- uh, case sensitive. Just use uh, GCG. Tell them uh, Elliot and Keith sent you, and and they'll take good care of you. And uh, don't don't order in Coast City because Coast City's not there anymore. That's, Damn you, Hell Jordan! <laughs> that's that's very true. Uh, it, it would be interesting to see what would happen if you tried to uh, send you know send your package there to Coast City. I, yeah. By the way, when I said "Damn you, Hell Jordan," you guys didn't see it you know out there in podcast land but i shook my fist at the heavens right yeah as as you should yeah <laughs> and you can use it to listen to many great podcasts like the dishing bitches um uh, minutia men uh what's the name of that uh, the twin peaks podcast that was gonna be hot really soon uh, twin peaks is coming back on netflix something uh so, you know i uh i was just looking at that the other day it's uh something in plastic don't tell me. It, it'll it'll come to me. It, it'll come to me as soon as the Radio Misfits page loads. That's what she said. <laughs> and by Radio Misfits page, he means penis. <laughs> right. Yes. Uh, wrapped in plastic. It is wrapped in plastic. That's what I thought it was. But uh, yeah. yeah. Um, that uh, yeah. That's definitely going to be very cromulent in the uh, in the coming weeks and months. I'm telling you, it's going to embiggen all those Twin Peaks fans. We're excited to see the show come back. Uh, yeah. By the way, speaking of uh, of shows coming back, you know the uh, 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 Sasha from The Walking Dead is going to play the main character in, in Star Trek Discovery. 
So I thought for sure she was gonna she was gonna kick it, and at this point she has not. Like they made you think she was gonna kick it, and then she showed up the, again the next week. No, oh, you know they're just playing with you too. I mean, that's probably could be one of the other reasons why production on the show has been all wonky. You know? I th- you know that could be. She's she's definitely busy. I I I assumed it was uh, you know internal conflicts, but but yeah, it might just be everybody's schedule. You know, it is it's just scheduled. a it is just a web series after all. Right. You know, Michelle Yeoh's got to get her visa approved now to be able to come back to the states. But you know that that good luck with that. Yeah, she's probably on the banned list. Yeah. You know, they're going, up. Oh, she helped this uh, secret agent from Great Britain do some crap that we're not happy about. Yes. So, you know. so uh, yeah, uh, Wrapped in Plastic, The Dishing Bitches, all a part of the Radio Misfits uh, podcasting galaxy. Uh, Good Talk Radio isn't dead. It just went to a better place. Do that. And then for every process you make, it supports um, Geek Counter Geek. It sure does. So, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm i sure we've mentioned this a few times in the podcast that I have a, I have a big man crush on uh, Elon Musk. I think he's just the tops. And, uh, you know, I'm telling you, I, I, I think you were going a little bit overboard with the shirtless Elon Musk poster in your locker at work. Maybe a, maybe a little bit. Um, but uh, so, you know, he, he he's founded... All sorts of companies, Tesla, SpaceX. Uh, he's, uh, you know, a big wig with uh, with Solar City. Actually, Tesla just bought Solar City, so I guess he he owns that one too. Uh, and he, uh, he he several weeks ago decided to start a company that's looking at tunneling under LA to relieve uh, traffic congestion. I see that ending well. Um, yeah, I, 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 I remember that episode of Superman as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ended well, and um, so. He's been talking quite a bit about uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, Really, for the past few years, he started a company that's sort of like its whole mission in life is to make sure that whenever we do create artificial intelligence, we treat it well enough that it won't decide it wants to destroy us, which is, you know, it's a good idea. But now the most recent... What did he say about the, the road to hell? (laughs) <laughs> so so now he's created a, a new company uh, because he didn't have, you know he has too much time on his hands uh, called Neuralink which if that doesn't sound like something from a sci-fi movie I don't know what does yeah yes actually Neuralink is a, a very commonly used term within science fiction to talk about cybernetics right so his his uh, his his fear with uh, you know sort of the guiding principle of this company is that uh, you know I mean look companies are already using automated trucks to deliver stuff it's a novelty right now but but companies are actually already doing it and uh, you know I could we're not very far from uh, uh, you know taxi companies just going all automated like that that might even be less than a decade away and so his concern is that uh, because you know technology is advancing in this way that we're going to get to the point where there's nothing for us to do and we're just sitting around recording podcasts and uh, we basically become like cats we just you know sit around the house and do nothing all day because the robots are doing all of our jobs so that even if the robot 
you know, the robot army doesn't rise up and decide to destroy us, um, you know, we're going to end up like, you know, the people in Wally. Yep. And, did you, you were talking about that. I was thinking about those two. Yeah. And uh, so he, he's, he wants to use technology to actually basically improve humans to the point where we're still relevant. And uh, well, it's an interesting idea. It's, it's a little, uh, you know, I, 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 as I was reading this story today, I, I'm trying to think through my pop culture knowledge here. I'm not sure. It, it, that's something that's definitely been a plot device in many a story. You know, like using uh, using technology and, and uh, you know, computers to improve humans. I'm not sure that it's ever actually ended well. Is Is there a... The, the, the only the only one that I could think of was actually this story in reverse, because uh, you know if you ever saw the movie Bicentennial Man, he was sort of a robot that did the reverse, like he just made himself more and more human until eventually he actually was Robin Williams. He was it was the Pinocchio story, yeah, and, and, and he died at the end. So I guess even that wasn't really a happy ending. Thank you for spoiling that one. Oh, you know what? That that one's that one's been around for a while. I, I think I'm okay <laughs> spoiling that one. The, the one year spoiler rule. That one's in effect. Yeah. Um. You know, it's true. It's it seems like science fiction always wants to give us cautionary tales as to um, what can happen if we take things that we consider our advances or that we think are going to be to our benefit. And um, but then we end up exploiting them. I think that's really the key. There is do we, when we exploit these things, you know, what it really does come back to bite us in the butt. Um, you know, uh, you look at uh, for folks who uh, let's let's say let's say for folks many f who've just know their 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 science fiction diet is mostly through television and movies. Fine, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you look at a movie like The Terminator, right? Yeah, not a um, good, uh, not a good example of uh, a happy ending for technology run amok. Right, but you know what? It, what happened? That we created this technology that becomes self-aware, and because it's self-aware, um, it decides that human beings really aren't worth to to, to go on. I mean. It's the same thing that happened uh, in Avengers, Age of Ultron, right? Yeah, so, that was exactly the same thing. Right. You know, human beings don't really come out very well when they're judged by their, by their creations. <laughs> so, um, but then on the other side, you know, you look at that benefit. Where is that, you know, the quote-unquote happy ending? I mean, let's be honest, the, the, the happy endings really do, can, do, do and can occur within real life so to speak. I mean, um, let's see. I remember when the $6 million man was this crazy notion. Remember? Steve Austin. Right, um, yeah. Barely alive. And now you do have folks with uh, bionic prosthetics that do make their lives better, that help them leave, live uh, complete, more complete lives, or at least more self-functioning lives. They don't, they don't find themselves um, dependent on others as much. Um, and then when you look at something, when you consider a neural interface for people to be able to, let's say, um, like store their memories on a computer chip or have something like that installed, 
you can see the benefits to that with people like say with early onset Alzheimer's um, folks who are um, like uh, uh, um, who have other sorts of, of um, uh, mental disabilities that prevent them from interacting with the rest of the world so these things can assist them you know I don't know. It's to me, of course, you always have to look at the benefit of it. I mean, the only reason you do it is for the benefit of it. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, I am just waiting for the army of cyborg super monkeys <laughs> that, you know, are going to be sent to quash rebellions like in jungle capitals and stuff like that it won't be it won't be you know jade helm it'll be monkey helm or you know banana helm and there'll be you know coordinated attacks from the neural neural link cybernetic warfare monkey squad yeah by, by the way with uh, with jade helm there were like there, there were Probably more than two. There were probably like six or seven, but there were two main conspiracy theories. One was that it was a secret, like, government plan to take over, like, just, you know, institute, you know, a, a dictatorship with that Kenyan communist Muslim spy Obama in charge. But there was also another one that was actually saying that um, soldiers were, were, were hiding, you know, amongst civilians because they were testing out this new artificial intelligence that they had created to see if the artificial intelligence could find the soldiers hiding among the uh, people. Ooh. So, you know, who knows? We may already be through the looking glass here with that. If, you know, assuming, assuming which Alex Jones episode was correct. <laughs> well, hey, I saw um, I saw uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier, and if right. that wasn't Jade Helm, Helm, I don't know what is. That that's true. So yeah. w one of the things that they that uh, they've talked about, maybe this this going to is, um, you know, with the you know sort of your brain having an interface with uh, you know electronics and everything, that they could uh, you know they could certainly you know prolong life that way. But that, you know, you could also get to the point eventually where, you know, you sort of reach the singularity and you're, you know, you're, you're uploading your thoughts to, you know, a machine and in that way you live forever, you know, or you have a robotic you that, you know, replaces your body and so you live in that, in that machine forever after your, after your real body, you know, bites the dust. And... I, I was thinking about that and you know like I can think of no more scary scenario to me than I upload my consciousness into a computer and that you know like that has all of my memories so it is me it believes that it's me it's another you know it's basically a copy of me in every way it even you know, has my personality, and from the moment it starts, it lives, you know, my life the way I would and everything. But I'm still in my body, and so when I die, I die. It's just this other version of me, you know, sort of takes over for me. But, you know, like, my consciousness was still in my original body, 
You know, you know what I mean? And that's the only that 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 sort of thing can only happen. You know, you could only figure out that that happened when it happens to you. You know what I mean? Because I thought that happened. Yeah, go on. Because because you know the 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 version of you that keeps going. Well, it it thinks that it's the original Keith Conrad, but only the original Keith Conrad knows that it died. Mm. That's like that whole bit on um. Well, it's, it can be one of two things. I mean. You know that whole theory about the transporters in Star Trek, that when you are transported, right, when the, the, the Starfleet thing breaks you down to your basic, you know, molecules and converts your molecules to energy, then beams you across, you know, the planet or whatever and reassembles you, that with every transport, you actually die. And it's a real, it's a copy of you that rematerializes in wherever it went and it's that copy that thinks it's you that continues living life or it could just be you die and your Facebook page pretty much lives your life forever and ever the preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cabotron.